I'm about to start this podcast. Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to a festive Danalysis Fancy Football Podcast. Festive of course because I'm wearing a Christmas jumper. I'm so original and it's fantastic. Uh, I'm your host Dan and as always I'm joined by Natalie. We're here to look back fairly fondly I'd say. Maybe more fondly for Natalie but for different reasons. (laughs) Looking at me like I'm super dismayed. Maybe I've read you wrong but we're going to look back at those we've sadly lost in the first round of the FPL Cup. To look back at how bad Man City actually are at defending, when they have to, and uh, to discuss the myriad of other topics that have emerged in the game week. So, first off, I want to extend my condolences. I mean, they they also go out to myself. I've been knocked out in week one of the Cup. I'm absolutely devastated. It's something I bigged up last week. I said I was really excited about. I, I, I just don't know what to say. It's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. I've been looking forward to this for like four weeks now and I'm out Natalie it's not fair I think a lot of big guns are out of the cup first week I I feel like that always happens doesn't it like people who are quite into fantasy like just always get get destroyed in the first week at least you made it as well because I feel like a lot of people who were expecting to make it last week didn't even get a look in so yeah yeah I mean it's a small silver lining, but a silver lining nonetheless. Uh, but I heard that you got through by a, a measly one point. Uh, yeah, I... Um, hi, everybody. This week, uh, my team scored 35 points, but my bench scored 27 points. And I think, actually, that's something to be admired. You would have had a banging score if you played those players, because that's... I don't think this has been, like, a massively high-scoring week. All the big captains are blanked. I think we need to sit back and reflect on how incredible it is that I've managed that. Um, <laughs> so... I mean, a big chunk of it coming from one particular man who we're going to mention a little bit later, reluctantly, from my side of things. Yeah, I'd naturally, I just assumed that I was no longer in the cup because yeah. one would. Uh, alas, it's not the case because my opponent did worse than me. Amazing. And with my 48 points, that's taking off a minus four. I am a good eight points behind my cup opponent. I was hoping Robertson would do something. I think if he kept a clean sheet, I might have been in with a shout. It really is luck of the draw. Like, that's the thing with the cup. It absolutely like, is. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And I got someone who's made 156 transfers so far this season. And <laughs> decided to play their free hit this week in Captain Hazard. But that's the most frustrating thing. Ultimately, if I hadn't taken a minus four to get Terrera in, which I did because of the price... Oh, wait, no, it was Chicharito, actually. Yeah. Which I did because I wanted to get Terrera and I knew his price was about to rise and it was the only way I could afford both of them. If I hadn't taken that minus four, I wouldn't have been four points down and I would have had Juan Bissaka, who got a clean sheet. So, lesson, like, moral of the story, never make... Never take a minus four when you're in the cup. It's not worth it. I haven't taken a hit all season. I didn't take a hit all last season either, I think. Yeah. So I, I find that really impressive. Like, I think I've only taken three this year. Yeah, you haven't done many at all. And, and I don't like to do it because I think it's very, very rare that it actually pays off. Mm. Uh, you have to get, like, I think last season, the first hit I did was to get Sane and Sterling in in the same week. And it was the week they beat Stoke, like, 7-1. And that was obviously an amazing move. It was worth doing. Yeah. But it's actually very rare, unless you're going for a big player who's about to score a hat-trick. Like, you have to score six points just to break even. 
Yeah. And you may as well just get the two points and not have the, the pain of your minus four player getting two points and you being two points down. But anyway, let's move on to the game week's action. And we'll start with Sane and Man City. So Sane's up to 9.6 now. Uh, City obviously have a very nice run-in of fixtures, uh, besides Liverpool, really, although that is at home. And Crystal Palace up next, which I think is a very captainable fixture. Yeah, I've got Sterling captain at the moment. Yeah, same here. So Sane walked away with two assists. Sterling found himself on the bench, which I was a little bit annoyed about, but it turned out I actually picked... uh, So I captained him for, for the listeners. And that turned out to be the best call I could have possibly made without without going for someone like Jimenez or, or Fabianski, which yeah. I obviously wasn't going to do. <laughs> yeah, like your best realistic. Exactly. Hit. So I was between Aubameyang, uh, Sterling and who's the other big guy I have? Salah. Mm. And I went for Sterling and I was really annoyed to see him on the bench, but then it paid off and the, the 12.30 kickoff actually became a blessing in disguise. But yeah, Sane... He looks uh, he looks very good at the moment. I mean, he looks very pivotal to how City play. I do think he'll miss some games, but he had two key contributions. If there's a double up you're going for with City, it definitely feels like Sane and Sterling is the one. Uh, Mahrez played this week as well, so he started. He had, I think, one decent shot. Like, I know I said last week I was bored of Mahrez, but I'm still bored of Mahrez. Yeah, he doesn't look viable at all. When's he going to do something? I actually thought he did have a good game, but there's no way. Like, there's no way he's worthwhile. I mean, it seems to me there's a clear sort of hierarchy there. Mares is very much the third in the pecking order. And uh, obviously, Pep tried his little Sterling playing as a striker last week. Mm. Didn't really work. He's gone back to Jesus and Jesus scored two goals. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, uh, certainly good for him. I think he's probably a bit out of the the price range of most people. And also Aguero's back now. He's fit again. Um, I think he'll probably come back into the side, but it obviously gives a good opportunity for Pep to rotate. But Sane, what are your thoughts on Sane? Is he the best pick, one of the best picks? Should you double up? What, What are your feelings over how essential this man is? I don't know. I'm worried that we've missed him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I didn't like that when Sterling came on, Sane went off. Yeah, that was a bit weird for me. And Sane didn't look best pleased either. No, he looked a bit pissed off. I, I mean, there's no point trying to predict like who is going to start based on who came off and, and oh, this no, and that. Not at this at point, I'd say with Sane, you could either have him, have him as your one City midfielder mm-hmm. or you could have him as a double up with Sterling. That's a lot of money, though. But that's a lot of money. And I think that's a popular move, though. Uh, I think before David Silva got injured, lots of people were going for Sane, Sterling and Silva, which which made a lot of sense. Um, but those two, you know, with the way that City play, with the fact that every one of their goals is... I say fact, it's not a fact. With most of their goals being crosses from one winger to the other... It makes sense that Sterling and Sane are probably going to get the most points. Mm. So I think they're the most valuable. Obviously, Aguero has a, a good sort of poacher instinct as well. But I think Sterling is just slightly ahead of him in terms of importance. So I kind of feel like Sane only works if it fits your budget and it doesn't fit my budget. I can't have a 9.6 player because I have Salah, I have Sterling, and I have Obamiang. And my defence is too expensive. 
So I can't actually go for someone as expensive as Sane without downgrading to like a, a Kamara or something like that. If you're if you're not sold on Sterling, he's quite a good option just purely because of that that difference in price. And I think he has the potential to score similar amounts. But it's really a coin toss between those two and they're both going to rotate out for Mares at times. I find it really hard to call. I, I think Sane could well miss the game against Palace. On, on the other hand, their defence is a little bit questionable. They conceded again. Yeah. I'm encouraged by the fact that they have Crystal Palace at home next. Well, that's and... it. I feel like I can't get rid of Laporte with Palace yeah. up next. Now is not the time to get rid of Laporte, even if you're frustrated. Because I think he hasn't kept a clean sheet in the last five weeks. Really? Which is insane. No, that's not true. It's, his points for the last five games, I think, were 2 one, 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 2 Is that real? You might want to check it, but I looked last night and it was either that or it was the last four games. Yeah, the last four. Right, okay. So the way I see it, City, and I think we've seen it a couple of times, It well, we've seen it three times in the last two weeks, they have a bit of a problem when they're actually forced to do real defending. And that is when they give the ball away and a team actually just counters on them quickly and they can't foul anyone. They're kind of screwed. And uh, it's becoming a common theme. I mean, they are fortunate in that the next three teams they play are all quite bad at attacking uh, with Palace, Leicester and Southampton. But two of those are away from home. Um, I just feel like the fact that the fixtures are so good means you have to hold on to him. But I did mention last week, didn't I? I was thinking about dropping down and it was only these fixtures that kind of keep me holding on at the moment because Mm -hmm. I do need to free up some money in my defence. But you could definitely save some money. This is definitely a spot that when they start facing harder teams round about week 20, um, it's time to start looking elsewhere, maybe. Oh, sorry, week 21. It's time to start looking elsewhere. I've just seen that Mendy isn't expected back until February. Yeah. I didn't really realise what was going on. Well, I mean, I hadn't been paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, this is the one thing I was thinking, actually. Like, it's a bit of a risk because I know that Zinchenko can play there but I was thinking uh, so I have Hector Bellerin who's just been ruled out for the entire festive period of fixtures I was thinking about maybe getting Delphin at 5.3 but I kind of don't want to do that because he's 0.1 cheaper than Bellerin and I don't really save any money there. If you can afford it surely this is where you put David Luiz in Yeah I can't afford it that's the problem Uh... although De Bruyne is back as well didn't mention him Probably a bit too expensive to, to justify like, with his returns. but I, I will never advocate for yeah. KDB in yeah. fantasy. I don't think it's worth it. He's a, he's a strangely... The thing about KDB that makes him really good is if you just have him for the whole season, as long as he's not injured, he is really good. <laughs> yeah. But he he will get like a number of two-pointers. And then in a big game like against Chelsea or something, he'll just score a banger when he decides to. I think he's really the sort of player that steps up when no one else is is doing it. Mm. And that's what made him so valuable to City last year. Like a number of games when he got pissed off because nothing was happening. He just picked the ball up, run at four defenders and then score from outside the box. Uh, so he's a he will pick up consistent points throughout the season. But I think the guys like um, Sterling and Sane are more likely to get like 10 plus points in a game. Uh, so let's move on to their opponents, Everton. And Luca Dean, despite not keeping a clean sheet in his last two, he's, well, he was basically a template pick. And I was really freaking furious about this as well, because 
the Watford game uh, when he scored a 90, I think it was a 95th minute free kick. Yeah. Great free kick, but absolutely scandalous defending from Cabaselli, who'd already given away a penalty in this game and got away with it because Foster saved it. He decides to handball... Uh, outside the box in the 95th minute when he should have just he should have just played on like don't put your hand in the air don't give them an opportunity uh Luca Dean steps steps up scores it quite emphatically and he also got an assist this week and he seems to be a very good player when it comes to bonus points um I think he makes a lot of crosses he's good with his crosses he's an attacking defender and he's 4.9 what are your thoughts I don't understand what the hype is <laughs> and you're the one who put him in these notes well I put him in because I don't understand what the hype is and I wanted someone to tell me um, yeah. so yeah he scored on Monday and yeah he got an assist this week but also he's only had four clean sheets all season like that's what I'm paying a defender for and that's yeah. not what you're doing so... so he is a good price from the Sort of in a similar way to Doherty being well-priced. You know, he started at 4.5. He's now up to 5.2, I think, or maybe 5.1. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um, but he was good value because, hey, he gets forward a lot. He scores. But also Wolves, they tend to not concede many goals and they tend to keep clean sheets. I'm not so sure about Everton defensively. And that is the one reason I'm not really willing to go here. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the you know, the typical FPL community are quite in on this guy and quite bought in and felt like, oh, hey, Luca Dean's deserved these points, man. And I kind of tend to disagree a bit there because while I do think he's played well and he gets forward a lot, like Everton do concede goals. They're not good defensively. They look better defensively than they, they had uh, they had done earlier in the season. But I still think most teams will be able to score against them. And at 4.9, I'm not willing to get a player who I don't think is going to keep a lot of clean sheets. And that's essentially why I've gone after... I mean, I did go after Bellerin for this reason, but that was because of the fixtures Arsenal had. Um, Laporte, again, I I pay 5.8 for him because of whatever I bought him for. I think I actually had him when he was still 5.5. Like, I have him because I think he is more likely to get clean sheets. With Dean it feels like he needs the attacking returns. And that is not a, a comfortable situation to be in. But they, they face Spurs next at home. Uh, so probably not the sort of fixture you want to get him in for. They do have a really nice run from game week 19 onwards. Like the only way I can see Dean making sense is that he's a good downgrade from someone someone who's more expensive who isn't really doing the business. No. But I still just think you have a lot of options in this, like, 4.3 range. Like, Johnny Otto's just come back for Wolves, and he's down to 4.3. You could get him. I mean, he's not... Maybe if you've already got Doherty, it's not quite such a compelling move. But he's down to 4.3. West Ham obviously have really good fixtures. If you don't have Fabianski already, you could look at someone like Diopo Babuena. They have attacking threat as well. Uh, Huddersfield have looked much improved I just kind of feel like he's a little bit too much and although I like that attacking threat I feel like Everton are almost going to concede in every one of these games that they play even though the opposition is good whereas Richarlison on the other hand I think he's a very valuable asset because 
he doesn't lose points when they well he does lose one point but you know he's more likely to score goals than I think Everton are to keep clean sheets yeah and I'm just a little bit uncomfortable about the idea of a double up on Everton because they've shown themselves to be I mean the game against Watford they were they were really quite awful um they were lucky to go ahead the goal was offside uh that was Richarlison's goal it was very clearly offside as well they should have had Mina sent off and they just look a little bit the same thing happened against City like Mina just uh punted it outfield kind of stayed really deep and just played Jesus onside it it feels like they're not quite there yet defensively and they've got to continue to to face these problems uh so Watford also had a good win uh, a good 3-2 win against Cardiff they were 3-0 up in this game and somehow <laughs> managed to almost throw it away Adele Lefeu came back with a really impressive return. I think he was brilliant. I think the problem with Adele Lefeu is it's very hard to really predict how many games he's going to play. Yeah. Because he does seem to fall out of favour quite quickly. It's weird, isn't it? Because obviously he's quite good. Either it's he won't make it to the 60 minutes or um, he doesn't start and then he comes on for the last half hour. And see what happens when you give the man the 90. See what he can do. Okay, so I... I kind of agree with you. It's it's weird. I, it feels like he falls out of favour because he'll play he'll play for himself essentially. He'll go on loads of runs. He'll look really impressive. But sort of similar to Treore, who plays for Wolves, like he's a really talented player that doesn't always make the best decisions. And I felt like what we saw against Cardiff was he came up against a team that would kind of let him play his game and and he just had a a bit of a field day I wouldn't advise getting him in uh purely because of that reason like he'll probably drop to the bench again at some point but he is definitely one to keep an eye on purely because when he does play well he's freaking fantastic and um they do have a really nice run of fixtures from game week 20 onwards um, there are some teams that are fairly decent defensively in there, but I think Watford are, are starting to show signs that their attack is clicking again. And I do actually think a big part of the reason why their defense, uh, sorry, why their attack was bad, was because they were playing crappy attackers, and success has just looked awful in recent weeks. De La Feu came in, and all of a sudden they look like a different team. They look more dynamic. They look quicker. They look just better. Uh, Decore also was a, a key part of this uh, game. And I feel like he's he's never someone I looked at last season as being like a valuable player, even though he kept scoring goals. But I actually do think this season, like Watford, with just this like short run of fixtures, when they do score, he always finds himself either assisting or, or scoring. And I don't, you know, it's, it's quite hard to, to sell him if your budget's quite tight in your team. But when guys like Fraser aren't really performing at the moment, and Bournemouth are looking to have a pretty nasty uh, nasty run of form. I feel like Ducore at 5.9 is actually worth a shout, just for when they have good fixtures. What are your thoughts? I like Ducore a lot, a lot. You know that he saw me through some rough times last year. Um, yep. Yeah, I like him. I Like, 5.9 is tricky, though. And also... um. Pereira is just a little bit more than that. He obviously didn't get any returns in this game, but he got two assists against Everton in the midweek fixture. Oh, sorry, the Monday fixture. Um, and I think that 
game week 20 is the time. Uh, let me just pull up the fixtures. Uh, Watford play Newcastle at home, Bournemouth and Crystal Palace away, and Burnley at home. And that's a really nice run of four fixtures in which an attacking player from Watford could do some some good for you. Uh, but obviously, don't go there for defenders. Like, they're... They concede every game almost, and it's it's quite annoying. And it, I think Cabasale has a lot to answer for there. Uh, but yeah, all in all, a really really good performance from them. Also, a really good performance from Cardiff. Um, or sorry, not good performance, but they did well to claw their way back into it. And I think they look pretty solid. On a match of the day in the post match interview, uh, Warnock was um, complaining that the referee was too. Um inexperienced and shouldn't be refereeing Premier League games. Oh, that's brilliant. That's so Warnock. <laughs> and it was just a bit like, well, you've got to do... It was like it was the referee's second Premier League game. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, huh? Well, that was the argument from literally everybody. It was like, well, how, you can't just magically have refereed 50 Premier League games. Yeah. Like, that's just... It's not how it works. To be fair, I wouldn't be criticising his experience because there are a lot of experienced referees in the Premier League that are still fucking terrible. But Warnock does have previous with this. He does like to insult referees. Um, Yeah, Cardiff, I, I still like... I like the idea of getting a little Cardiff defender, especially when they play... Uh, from game week 19, they have Crystal Palace, Leicester, Spurs, Huddersfield and Newcastle. Four teams there who I think they can they can compete with. Spurs obviously no, they're they'll probably you know comfortably win. But Crystal Palace, Leicester, Huddersfield, and Newcastle, I think Cardiff could be in for some good games there. And I might actually look at maybe getting Bamba or something. Um, okay, so moving on to Tottenham Hotspur, they just about just about got over the line against Burnley, and this was one I was watching quite. Well, not watching the game because I was watching Watford, but I was watching the score updates intently, being like, oh my God, I think Spurs have got a bottle it and everyone's captain Harry Kane. This is amazing. And then Harry Kane pops up and saves a day with a last minute winner. Not a winner. He didn't score it. Last minute assist winner. I saw the highlights for this earlier on because I thought I'd be loath not to watch them considering Kane is such a, a hot topic. Mm. But... I felt like from the highlights, particularly, Spurs didn't start having any luck until they just started hoofing the ball forward to Kane. And that was basically what got them the win in the end. It was a long ball, yeah. Neil Warnock style. Uh, Kane chested it down and it went through to Ericsson, who finished it really nicely. But I feel like Spurs got away with one here. Mm. And considering everyone thought that Kane was going to score seven goals in this match going into it, is this perhaps... An argument that you can't really write off any teams in the Premier League? That. And also, I think um, these high-priced strikers aren't really worth the money at the moment. I've got no interest. I've actually got no interest in any of them. Kind of the thing with high-priced strikers and one of the reasons I don't ever want to get rid of (laughs) at least one of them is because... You have this situation where if you get rid of a high-priced striker in order to get in like another expensive midfielder, mm. you're then screwed and you have to make two transfers if you want to get like an Aubameyang back in when he's smashing it or Aguero or Kane or whatever. So that's kind of the problem I have. Like I, I don't think you should have two. 
Uh, I know a lot of people have gone for Aubameyang and Kane as a double up. And that obviously doesn't look so good this week because between them, they returned seven points. Uh, but I do think you have to have one because it's it's quite a trouble if you... If you don't have any, it's quite hard to dig yourself out of that if they start firing. Mm. But I do think it is also a viable strategy to to go the way of, of none. Um, I just think it's a little bit risky. Okay. But Spurs... So one of the problems is half their good players didn't play this week. There was a debut for an 18-year-old. Looks like Eric Dyer's out until January. Uh, shit player anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But... You know, you think of Harry Kane, the thing that's always been great about Harry Kane is he'll definitely play every single game. I think we've already seen evidence that that's not the case. Admittedly, they do have a Carabao Cup game in midweek, so he probably won't be... This week? Playing that, yeah. Is that what's happening this week? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So cool. it's uh, it's another North London derby. It's Arsenal versus Spurs. Oh, I don't have time for that. But I do think you're going to see... From both managers, you're going to see second teams because it's just too important. Like the Premier League, obviously, Arsenal have just lost the game. Spurs struggled to beat Burnley. They did do it eventually, but they made them work really hard for it. And I felt like they didn't really create a lot of good chances. There were moments, but Burnley had moments too. Burnley had at least two good good moments they could have scored from. And... Uh, yeah, I thought I thought we're starting to see the return of the old Burnley, right in time for Nick Pope's return as well. And yeah, I, I think this Spurs rotation is a worry. I mean, Son only played what nineteen minutes or something. Yeah, he missed a few chances as well. Uh, but I do think, like, if you're looking at anyone from Spurs, he surely has to be the number one on your list, right? Like, who? Kane. Son. Oh. Because of Kane's well, price, and he's not really delivering. Like I, I just feel like Son is so much better value. But then Son not starting, and then having three game weeks until he's off for... Or four game weeks until he's off for the Asian Cup. Yeah. Is it worth it? Well, if, as long as you factor that into your planning. Um, but we spoke about this last week, didn't we? And yeah. I was saying that I think he'll probably play more of the games rather than, than less, because... But then he literally didn't. And then he didn't this week, but, you know, with rotation, it's funny because you always think, oh, he didn't play this week, so he's definitely going to play next week. Yeah. I guess the Carabao Cup will give us some idea, but I don't see the value in Kane right now. And I think it's more because I know that midfielders can get more points from goals, and I I don't see Kane being clinical right now. I see him almost being sort of the rather than being the main man he's sort of the facilitator like he he became that for Ericsson Mm. maybe I'm being a bit too dismissive of him but I just haven't seen him playing like the Kane we knew from last season where he just take shot after shot after shot I'm not seeing that at all from him and I don't think that's gonna be a worthwhile investment over the over the long haul um but yeah they they do have a really nice run of fixtures so I guess that can't be discounted and they face Everton this weekend. Uh, Hazard is another player who is high in price, but actually does look to be a bit more high in value because when I binned him off a few weeks ago, I was feeling really high and mighty and now he's absolutely smashing it, even without scoring for something like two months. 
Um, he's been one of the most consistent players. And he scored a goal and got an assist today against Brighton. 10.9 now. What do we think? I don't know, Dan. I feel like I need him back. That's my saga. I feel like I need him back. I feel yeah. like it was a mistake to get rid. It, it's looking like it. I don't think it will necessarily stay that way. Um, but they do have a very, very kind run of fixtures ahead of them. So up next, they have Leicester at home. Uh, then they face Watford and Palace away. Then they face Southampton at home, Newcastle at home. And then game week 23, it's an away game at Arsenal, which would be a little bit more tricky. But those are five very charitable fixtures, I'd say. Mm. And I might get Pedro in. How much is he? Yeah, Pedro's an interesting one. He's like six point. Three, I think. He's really oh, cheap. Oh, I can get him. So Pedro Pedro scored today as well. Who, I think Hazard got the three bonus, right? Yeah. Who got the two? Was it Pedro and um, March? I really like Pedro because he is a facilitator. And the problem we had with Pedro was it's either him or Willian who start. But it's starting to look like Sari is settling on a very similar to, to how he did at Napoli. Um, he's starting to settle on the idea of Hazard playing as a striker and getting those two, uh, Willian and Pedro, in as wingers. And I think the thing that's exciting about Pedro playing every game is he's a he's a very predatory wide player. Like He, he does like to pop in with tap-ins and takes a few shots from outside the box as well. And I just think he can be can be quite a high scorer when he's playing a playing a lot of games. So I actually think he's a very interesting one to look at at 6.3 and quite an easy jump from the likes of... So I have David Silva at the moment, for example. Mm. Quite an easy jump to go from David Silva to Pedro. Yeah, I'd literally switch Fraser out. Yeah, well, that's another I, thing, isn't it? I bought Fraser when he was quite expensive. Yeah. Um. Already, like I haven't actually earned that much from him. So yeah. I don't need... I'm not going to lose loads of money when I get rid. And to be fair... I don't think you should be, even if you bought Fraser at 5.5, I don't think you should be worried about getting rid of him and maybe having to get him back in the future because at the end of the day, like the, what, like 0.5 million or something, he's still so, so cheap at 6 million or what what is his current price? 6.3. I can sell for six. But that's, that's the thing. He's still so cheap. Like, if he starts returning again, mm. you can get him in. And he's not, it's not like he's breaking the bank and he's going to ruin your team. I yeah. think there's a little bit of an element of, of people who play FPL being too precious about the money they've got invested in players when it's actually easier just to get rid. And yeah. if they start playing well again, they're going to be, if they start playing well, they're worth that money. Yeah. And the thing with, like, with Fraser, I'd say, Fraser specifically, I would mm. say keep for this week against Brighton. Yeah. Um, home game Brighton terrible away less terrible this year but Brighton still quite not bad. as good um, yeah. and then yeah so I think I'll I'll do that I absolutely agree with you actually Boxing Day so I, I, what I would say about Pedro and, and Willian as options is I think Pedro is the better one because he's more of a more of a second striker sort of player like he will get in the box more he will try to score more whereas Willian is a bit more you know, slow dribbles outside the box. Good on set pieces, of course, but I don't think he's going to get a big return in terms of goals. Hazard, naturally, you know, he's going to be the main man. He's going to play every game. We know that. 
So if you're liking the look of him, I wouldn't be averse to going to him this week. But if you're liking Pedro, it does make sense to wait another week, especially if it is, like you say, someone like Fraser or someone who is a bit cheaper but has a good fixture. I think I'd probably hesitate purely because we don't know. Sari might revert to playing Olivier Giroud as the number nine. And if he does that, then all this talk about Pedro is mute because we don't know that he's going to start every game. Yeah. But I'm just getting the impression that Sari kind of stumbled across this and he did a similar thing with Napoli. He made Mertens, who is essentially a wide player, made him into one of the best strikers in Europe. So it shouldn't be understated that, that Sari has that ability. Um, also, the defence, it's been a bit shaky recently. I mean, they did keep a clean sheet against City, which was encouraging. Uh, but I guess you're not going to get rid of him now, are you? You're definitely not going to do that. No, not at all. But uh, unless you've got Alonso, I mean, I'm still I'm still very down on Alonso's vibes. But, you know, that's just me. Okay, moving on to my favourite person of the week. It's Danny Ings. In case you couldn't tell, that was not a genuine statement for me. I freaking hate him. So 5.4, two goals, all three bonus points against Arsenal. Southampton beat Arsenal and end our 22 game unbeaten run. I have some things to say, but I'll let you talk about Ings first. Does goals, doesn't he? <laughs> like, literally the saviour of Southampton. The problem is, look, I reckon Southampton are good now. They've got this new new man. He's Austrian. Is he Austrian? I believe so. So they've got this new Austrian man. He was so hype. You know when they scored? Did you see them scoring and how hype he was? He had to calm himself down. I blocked it out a little bit. Oh, he was almost Klopp running on the pitch hype mm. every time they scored. Um, yeah, I reckon Southampton might be good now. Yeah, and if you cast your minds back to just a week ago, I remember saying... <laughs> that we shouldn't underestimate Southampton because Hasenhutl is a very good manager and has a very big reputation. And he's had a whole week to work with his players rather than just a few days. And they will cause Arsenal some problems. I didn't quite think he'd win the game, though. That I'm very disappointed with. Isn't it Southampton's first win at home since, like, January or something ridiculous? It's only their second win of the season, so it probably is, yeah. (laughs) And, again, the reason why I wanted freaking Mark Hughes to get the sack like it's it's very frustrating I mean first of all yeah I've got to give some credit Ings he scored two good goals um two good headers in fact and it looked like Southampton knew exactly how to play against Arsenal they knew that their goalkeeper's a little bit weak on crosses so they crossed the ball into the box a lot and they scored three goals from crosses and we just kind of have to deal with that but I think this is a marked improvement for Southampton. I think they have some mixed fixtures coming up and it's definitely not worth going there yet. But I do think once they get past their slightly nightmare run of West Ham, Man City and Chelsea back to back, then it could be a a good idea to start looking at them more seriously. Um, So they do face Huddersfield next, although that's away from home. At the moment, that's a bit of a relegation playoff. Do you think... This is a wait and see. Are you in agreement with me there or do you think differently? I've hung on to Ings all season. Yeah. Uh, throughout his injury, I stuck with him, dreamt about him midweek and thought, well, he won't possibly start on Saturday. <laughs> oh, on Sunday, sorry. 
Um, but here he is. For me, obviously, I'm going to play him against Huddersfield because it's silly not to. Well, you've already got him. That's the amazing thing. You don't have to bring him in. And I think against West Ham as well, I don't see why Southampton can't score in that game. I don't yeah. know if they'd win. Yeah. Uh, but they definitely can score. I don't think it will be a problem for them. Yeah. But yes, I think actually this is probably quite a good time to watch Southampton work out who you want and then get them in come January. Absolutely. And the other thing about Southampton is there are a lot of very cheap options in defence. And we did already speak about this, but in case you missed our previous episodes, they are basically all priced anywhere from sort of 3.9 million up to about 4.7. So mm, Bednarek played again today, like starting yeah. today. Yeah. So Bednarek, I think he's 3.9 at the moment which is amazing if he starts getting returned. Uh, there's another guy called Valerie, but I think he's only playing because Cedric is injured at the moment. And I right, think Cedric okay. will probably come back. Vestergaard does still look terrible though. <laughs> and I worry that if he plays, they're definitely going to concede. So that is something I would also keep an eye on. Maybe he'll come good because I think there was some talk about him being a good player before he signed for Southampton. And maybe, maybe Mark Hughes just beat that out of him. And it will slowly come back now they've got a proper manager. Uh, but yeah, as as I said, I was kind of warning against us last week. And it was one of the reasons I didn't captain Aubameyang. And turned out to be a good good call. Yeah. But from the Arsenal side of things, I'd say not to get too carried away and be like, oh God, I need to get rid of my players. Like Defensively, we had an issue. Uh, Bellerin was injured quite early on. He had to come off at half time. And all of your defenders were out anyway, right? Cause... And also, we had our two central defenders, our two starting central defenders, suspended for this game. Yeah. So Koscielny came back for his first Premier League game since April. 33 years old. We also had, I think, 36, 37-year-old Licksteiner playing at centre-back. We had Shaka playing at left centre-back, which is a nightmare. So there are a number of things where the system that Arsenal played I didn't to... even realise Shaka was on the pitch. Yeah, he was playing defender. It was not good. Because the thing about Shaka is he, when he's under pressure, he seems very unaware of what's around him. And if you can kind of free him up, I think that's why him and Torreira have worked so well together. Because Torreira just runs around, like, scaring everyone away. But when he's exposed, when he's got people pressurising him, he really tends to make a lot of mistakes. So we had this situation where we were without any real centre-backs apart from Koscielny. And... I think the system just really didn't work and we were exposed by the fact that we have holding out for the rest of the season. We have Mustafi and Socrates out. I think we play Burnley next week at home and the defence should be shored up a little bit. I also hope that the team would be a bit more functional attacking-wise and maybe Lacazette will be in, a shout, in with a shout for a start because we always look markedly better when he comes on the pitch. Like Mkhitaryan and Iwobi... Even though Mkhitaryan walked away with two goals today, neither of them look overly convincing. And I think Emery's got a weird sort of balancing act to at the moment, trying to get the best players on the pitch, but also not disrupt the system too much. But yeah, I wouldn't say now is the time to sort of chuck out all your Arsenal players. Uh, but it was just a, a real off day from them and I expect them to be better next week. But it does raise the question about captaincy next week. Because if you're looking at Aubameyang and thinking, oh, Burnley's a home banker... Seeing how they played against Spurs, mm, does it maybe maybe colour your thinking? I don't know. 
we shall see. We'll discuss that in the preview. Uh, Shakiri is another man who scored two goals and he did it from the bench, which yeah. was mark- uh, markedly impressive. 7.1. Yeah, I quite like the risk of Shakiri. Like, it's not a bad one, actually. No, I think if over this Christmas period as well, if you're expecting a lot of rotation, surely then we can expect to see a bit of Shakiri. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he, much like the likes of the Sterlings, like he comes off the bench and he makes an impact. Yeah. And that's what's most impressive about him. He comes on when Liverpool are losing or when they're struggling to control a match. And he often makes an impact. And I think that is very encouraging. I also think he's going to get starts because he's a very good player and mm. Liverpool are going to need to rotate. And I think most times when he's on the pitch, he is going to make some kind of contribution. At 7.1, I didn't actually think that's a bad bad value option. Mm-hmm. And I think he's one that we should strongly consider. So if you're in my position, for example, uh, you have David Silva and you need to get rid of him. Shakiri at 7.1, very good option. We also mentioned Pedro. Um, and who was the other one? I can't remember the other one. Richarlison was who I was th- thinking of. But actually, I hadn't thought about Shakiri, And now you say it, I'm kind of thinking, oh yeah, that would actually be wicked. Because I like their fixtures as well. Obviously, bar the Arsenal-Man City back-to-back games, they do have a nice little run um, with Brighton... Palace, Leicester, West Ham, Bournemouth from game week 20, was that game week 22 onwards? Although that is in the new year. So yeah, I do wonder. So Wolves and Newcastle in the next two, obviously a good pick for those. Is it worth it just for those two? Or do you think he stands a chance against Arsenal? I don't know. I think... Do you think he would have to be a replacement for another another Liverpool player? For example. Yeah, so I was going to say if you don't have Salah. Yeah. So it's like if you wanted to get those Liverpool attacking returns, mm-hmm. but you don't want to spend loads of money and you want to get like Hazard in for Salah yeah. or something, he's quite good, yeah. Yeah, I, seeing those next two fixtures, I do think um, he's quite an interesting shout, especially because I watched as much of the Liverpool game as I could today and I really feel like they're getting back to their brilliant best like they were last season when they were really dynamic. And it does strike me as not a coincidence that sort of later in the season, Liverpool have started to come into their own and really start playing with more dynamism. I feel like it was a deliberate move on Klopp's part to just not really go too ham at the start of the season and knacker all of his players. So now over this really challenging trying period, they're a little bit more, they have a little bit more gas in the tank, so to speak. So I think Liverpool in the second half of the season are going to be really, really promising team to look at. The only question of mine would be, yeah, like it, the double up doesn't look viable to me purely because of that Arsenal and Man City yeah. uh, back-to-back run. But yeah, I certainly think Shakiri is worth your time, worth looking at, especially if you're one of these people who are a bit anti-Salah. I kind of do like the idea of a, a defensive double up from them as well. But again, it's that Arsenal Man City back to back. You kind of want to play the odds on clean sheets and it's not the best thing to do. I do want to throw in a celebration for West Ham. Finally keep the clean sheet. It's been a lot of weeks coming and my man Fabianski finally did it. And he got two bonus points as well. What a legend. Uh, so West Ham, we've spoken about them a lot. They have very good fixtures. 
I just kind of wanted to talk about their defence for a bit because I know you're not really much of a fan. Uh, but I do like their fixtures. They're playing a lot of teams who don't score a lot. I mean, I, I guess most people have Fabianski and that's enough. So maybe I don't need to spend too much time on this. But the thing I find fascinating about West Ham is they seem to look better defensively when in the games when they concede a goal. In this one against um, Fulham, like Fulham had a number of chances and I know Euron Mitrovic and probably a little bit disappointed he didn't return anything in this match. They, I think they had sort of like three or four good chances. And I can't believe they didn't finish them. It's like West Ham somehow kept a clean sheet in the game where they gave up loads of big chances. And then they'll have other games where they defend really, really resolutely. And they'll concede in like the 95th minute. Yeah. And I could not make sense of it. But yeah, I do want to shout out Diop anyway. He came away with a, a bonus point, still 4.3. Um maybe maybe you don't want the double up, but I feel like I should shout it out because they have Watford at home, then Southampton and Burnley away, then Brighton and Hove Albion at home. And those are four whack teams when it comes to scoring goals. So you might have some chances and you might have some set-piece goal opportunities. I think that sort of rounds it up for the Premier League stuff that happened this week. Another thing I wanted to mention was Crystal Palace. Came away with a win and a clean sheet. What the hell? <laughs> like Vardy returns for Leicester and it makes no difference whatsoever. I I believed. I thought going in, I was like, no, nah, I reckon Leicester won't get anything from this. Yeah. I mean, I had a feeling it might be a nil-nil. Oh, and actually, uh, Hennessy is out with some unknown injury. Yeah. So um, this new man got, got to go at the goalkeeping. Gaeta. Yeah, him. Palace kept their clean sheet. I think it's no coincidence that they scored a goal from a ridiculous long shot because that's what they always do. They can't score normal goals. Uh, okay, shall we move on? What's next, Nat? It's the Denalysis Domestic. Whoa! Yeah, boy. Who's topping the, the game week this week? It's Atul Tanawade with 81 points. No hits as well. Like, actually 81 points. Uh, yeah, quite impressive. How do you do so well? I'm, I'm very intrigued. Despite a Kane captain. Oh, wow. He didn't even get the, the captaincy nailed. No. Um, he did have Fabianski, Hazard and Jimenez. Yeah. Um, alongside Sterling, Felipe Anderson, Wan-Bissaka uh, and Camarasa. And he's getting Bennett off the bench for Alexander-Arnold as well. That is so good. <laughs> I mm. wish I had that few blanks in my team. And then just a nice little oh. Alonso one point. Okay, dear Natalie, dearest, shall we look ahead to game week 18? Yes. A mere four days before Christmas this begins. Oh. Because there's a Friday night kickoff. Big boy Friday night. it's Wolves night. against Liverpool. Uh, so Wolves-Liverpool, this... I, I mean, Liverpool look really good again. Just beat Man United 3-1 today. Absolutely smashed it. Um... This is like even worse than a 12.30 Saturday captain, isn't it? So I yeah. probably will overlook Salah here. But I expect Liverpool to do well here. How, how do you feel? I really can't tell. Like, I can't call it. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen here. I will be benching Jimenez. Although I bench Jimenez every <laughs> you week. You bench Jimenez every week and still get him. And I still get his week. points. It's fantastic. It's Oh, I love it so much. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it's happened again this week. I'm going to bench Jimenez. 
I don't fancy their chances of getting anything out of Liverpool. I think Liverpool's defence is very good. I think Man United were lucky to get a goal against Liverpool today. It was ultimately an Alisson error. And I think Liverpool will win quite comfortably here. I will maybe, as the week goes on, I may think about putting a little cheeky Salah captain on here. But I don't think it's the best option this week because they are away from home. And you really want an away from home team as your captain, especially when they're against a team like Wolves, who have shown themselves to be good at playing against the big teams. Uh, Quick question about Doherty, though. If you have him, would you play him? Probably not. No? I, don't, it, I think it definitely depends on the rest of your squad. Hmm. Yeah, it, it always does, doesn't it? I, I'd probably be a little, a little bit apprehensive about playing him for this. Yeah, I'd have him first to my bench, I think. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't play my Wolves goalkeeper. Doherty I'd maybe consider, but if you have Patricio, I'd, I'd bench him for sure. Uh, so moving on to Saturday, and we have a whole host of Saturday games, which I love. The the early kickoff is Arsenal versus Burnley, 12.30, at the Emirates. I do fancy Arsenal to get back on the, the winning train here. I do fancy Aubameyang to do something. I actually feel like Lacazette will probably start as well. Uh, whether that means return to the left side for Aubameyang or both of them playing up front, I'm not quite sure. But this is a game against Burnley. This is a game at home. We all know how Burnley are going to play. They're going to try to... They're going to try to sit back and soak up the pressure. And I think Arsenal, if they get their tactics right, could really profit here because it's basically a case of just getting as many attacking players on the field as you can. Um, your your feelings here? Captaincy or no? No, I don't think I'd do it. I think after Burnley's performance versus Spurs, I'd be wary of an Arsenal captain. Yeah, I'd certainly be a little apprehensive, but I don't know. I, I'm between him and Sterling at the moment, so we shall see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a number of three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, we have Bournemouth versus Brighton, Chelsea versus Leicester, Huddersfield versus Southampton, Man City versus Palace. Oh, hello. Uh, Newcastle versus Fulham and West Ham versus Watford. I think quite a few of these are quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bournemouth, Brighton, South Coast Derby. Yes, yes. Yes, we like, I like that. that. Sorry, all of these fixtures are actually sandwiched by Bournemouth, Brighton and West Ham, Watford. And we all oh. know I'm a big fan of the alliteration. Alliterations, yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, hopefully Bournemouth will do some goals here against Brighton. Uh, I'd bench Dunk for this. Yeah, Because definitely. I'd hope that Wilson would be back starting and him and Fraser will have a nice time. Uh, but I will say, Bournemouth are on a really torrid run. They've lost six of their last seven. That's quite a lot. Which is really bad. Uh, they have scored goals in a number of those and games. And they've had tough fixtures, haven't they? They've played, yeah, like, so they played, played Man Liverpool. City, they played Liverpool, they played Arsenal, so mm. and, and Man United, actually. So it is fair to say that you'd expect them to lose a number of those games, but I would never underestimate the effect that that could have on them mentally. Uh, yeah. But this is at home, and this is against the Brighton team who struggle to defend away from home. So, yeah, certainly, if you've held on to your Bournemouth guys for, for their song, you'd definitely play them here, wouldn't you? It's quite a quite a nice one. I have yeah. Brooks, though. I'm a little bit unsure about what to do with him because mm. I'm wondering if he's just being saved a bit because he's young and they're like, hey, we can just, like, rinse this guy over the, 
over the Christmas period because he's young and fit, or if he's kind of been sitting out of the team for another reason. Because they do seem to be mixing up their, their style of play a bit, but we shall see. Uh, Chelsea Leicester is an encouraging one. I think Chelsea have really turned their form around after a couple of disappointing losses. Uh, this is definitely one where you'd be looking at Hazard if you had him and thinking about captaining. Yeah, definitely. I'd say Hazard for captain as an out, a nice like outside shout. Yeah. Uh, I think if I had Hazard, I would captain him for this week. Yeah, you would captain him above anyone like Sterling, Aubameyang, Salah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I think I probably wouldn't quite, but that's just because I'm not sure about Chelsea, although I do still need to see the highlights of that game because it might change my mind. Huddersfield-Southampton looks like a good nil-nil. I, again, I'm encouraged by Hasenhutl, uh, but I'm also encouraged by Wagner. Like These are two two managers that came from the German league, two managers that have a lot of hype behind them, and you have to say like this should be... This should be quite an interesting match, more so than the typical Huddersfield-Southampton. I'd, I'd find it hard to call, but I don't have any players in this. I don't know if I would want any because I'm yeah. so unsure of what to expect. I think most people are going to not have any interest in yeah. this game. Yeah, City Palace is probably the big obvious shout for your, your captaincy. Uh, I think it's highly likely I'm going to end up on Sterling. But I am thinking about Aubameyang just because I think Arsenal need to prove a point now. Uh, But yeah, Palace, they're not good defensively, really. I know they kept a clean sheet against Leicester, but Leicester haven't been scoring a lot and they were at home. This is away at the Etihad. Surely this is a great opportunity for City to just bang a load of goals in. And I kind of feel like that's what we're going to see. And it makes it hard to look past Sterling. Maybe a little bit trickier if you have... I don't know if you have Sane or if you have Aguero or you're thinking about bringing Aguero back, maybe. It's a tough one for captaincy, isn't it? Because we don't really know who's got to play. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Jesus start again. I think Sterling will definitely start this one. And I'd probably be confident that Sane would, but not confident enough to captain. Mm. And that's kind of the problem. (laughs) But you never know. This should be a, a cricket score anyway. Newcastle play Fulham. And a guy we failed to mention, but I think is really freaking good, is Rondon. If you have him, freaking play this guy because he's on good form. I think he's scored four goals in five games now. Well, Rondon versus Mitrovic, Mitrovic's old club. Yeah, so has the potential to be a feisty one for sure. I'd hope so. Yeah, but I really like Rondon actually. I, I kind of want to look at him for, for Jimenez, him or Perez, but I just can't. Because of my injuries, because Silver and Bellerin are injured, can't really do it. It's quite yeah. frustrating. Uh, so I have to prioritise those. And West Ham versus Watford, the final of the, the three o'clock kickoffs, even though it's starting at the same time. Yeah, West Ham, I think they should win this. They're on a good run. I think they've scored three goals in their last three games. Or, or is it the last four games now? I'm going to check this. I'm oh, sorry, it was only 2-0 against Fulham, wasn't it? Um, but before that, it was... Thir- like 12 or 13 goals in the last four games something. yeah so they're looking really good and maybe not quite a captaincy shout but what we do know is that Watford love to concede goals and West Ham in general just look a much better team so I am maybe a little bit apprehensive about Diop and Fabianski as a double up here but I'm definitely going to play him because I freaking love my boys and I'm not going to play Wan-Bissaka that's for sure when he's playing City so 
yeah, hopefully a, a win for West Ham here, but also you wouldn't put past Watford to pop up with a goal. Uh, we have a 5.30 game, and that's Cardiff versus Man United. And this is probably... Uh, this is sort of like the derby of the inspired versus the uninspired, isn't it? <laughs> it's the the inspired underdogs versus the uninspired milli- well, billionaires, rather. I would not put past Cardiff to score some ugly goals in this game. I'd quite like <laughs> Cardiff to win this. And I think I'm going to have to bench Patterson, which is you... annoying. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if I, you turned around and told me that Cardiff had won, like, 4-1. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Cardiff have scored their most goals in a game against Man United. No, it I would be, be so good. Absolutely nobody would be shocked. Yeah, so... The thing I the issue I have with Cardiff at the moment is I'm not quite ready to bring any of them in. But I am they're like right on the cusp of like one of Bamba or like um Morrison or someone like that coming into my team. And I would love to have a Cardiff player playing in this match. But you know, you could look at Rashford, like if if you sat out this week, you wanted to watch, see what he did. Obviously they had a tough game against Liverpool. Wouldn't hold it against United losing against Liverpool. Rashford should play in this game. He could be a good little outside cap- captaincy shout because it does seem that he's going to play every game now. And then just the one game on the Sunday and it's Everton versus Spurs. This is the other one I'm kind of looking at and I'm thinking I didn't want to bring in Richarlison until next week but I could just do a straight swap from Silva to Richarlison. Not overly convinced by Spurs. They played a fullback at centre-back this week. They're having a lot of injury problems and I don't think their defence is looking very sound. So although it's an uninspired transfer to bring Richarlison in, I could maybe bring it a week early. Do you think that Everton have a chance here? I really don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to expect from Spurs. Yeah, I think the same could be said of Everton as well. Well, I guess. They're kind of... Two teams that you're not entirely sure. But Spurs are obviously in that more upper echelon of the league. Yeah, uh, I kind of feel like Spurs should be winning this anyway. You know, they are the better team overall. Uh, Captaincy, if you have Kane, yeah, no, maybe. No, definitely not. Against Everton, I mean, it's away from home. Yeah, I don't like it. I think Spurs have okay form away from home. And I did talk a lot lot about their defence. Unless Kane is literally the only man you have, but surely yeah. you've got better options. Yeah, it's quite a tough one because we keep seeing, though, uh, the issue I have with captaincy is we keep seeing the obvious picks not doing particularly well and it's kind of the outside shouts that end up smashing it. So I don't like to really dismiss anyone. But, yeah, I do I do feel like this should be a tough game for them, especially as it's away from home. I probably wouldn't go there. But if you have Kane, you know, you're probably going to be tempted at the very least. Uh, but I think that about rounds up our preview. Do you want to do a clean sheet cup? Uh, so you're up first. Yeah, I'm two two wins on the bounce. Uh, and I'm going to say Man City. Thank you very much. Oh, damn you. Okay. I'd take it though. I'd take a Man City clean sheet for sure. I am going to have to say, and I think this is for a third week running, I'm going to say Arsenal because we're playing Burnley and they're rubbish. And I'll have my clean sheet cup out of the way nice and early 12.30 on a Saturday. Hopefully the boys will do it for me. But I am a little bit tempted by Huddersfield Southampton 0-0. I'm just not willing to do it. 
This is actually only the second time in a row you said Arsenal. The week before I said Arsenal. Oh, but right, But the week okay. before that, you said Arsenal. Okay. So it's almost um, two in a row, but not quite. Yeah, Arsenal haven't actually come good for you yet. Oh, in really? This game. No. Oh, I thought they had. Weird. Nope. Anytime oh. you've said Arsenal, they have not kept clean shit. <laughs> oh, damn. I should change it, shouldn't I? No, it's too late. Well, I've locked it in. I've only said them once and they did. So that's where we're at. Uh, so I wish you would have said it and then we would have actually done it. But hey, well, whatever. Uh, any idea are you, of what you're doing transfers this week? I think I'm going to do I'm gonna do Foster and Diop out. Yeah. Fabianski in. Um, and I haven't worked out what I'm going to do for <laughs> Diop yet. But I need it to be the same, a similar price. Yeah, I have found it's quite handy actually to look ahead to the fixtures and kind of make sure you have like a full 11 that you want to play for each week and, and sort of plan that out because that's that's been how I've been rolling my transfers. Like to try and stop, I have an impulse to just make loads of transfers. So I have to stop that. And the way I do that is to look ahead and be like, well, who do I want to play next week? Do I have a full team of of players who have good fixtures and I find that actually makes you really take stock and make sure you're making transfers that aren't just like overly overly sort of uh rash or emotional let's say but yeah we should be back next week right recording next Sunday yes Sunday before the Everton game because man's got tings on cool so we're not going to know what happens with Everton and Spurs but we will probably just guess and you know whatever (laughs) We'll do like yep. two different versions, one where Everton win, one where Spurs win, um, and we'll just assume the big players do well and, and okay. edit whichever one makes the most sense. But yeah, cool. we'll be back next week uh, and I'll do a little Christmas preview, I guess, because there's lots of games coming thick and fast, as they say, mm. and you're not going to have time. You're going to be seeing your family, you're going to be opening presents, you're going to be getting drunk. Unless you don't celebrate Christmas um, or live in a country where... Christianity isn't the main religion, in which case well, you won't be doing those things. That is true. That is true. I forget that FPL is actually a very worldwide game, isn't it? People play mm. it everywhere. So if you've gotten this far, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at The Denalysis. You can also email us. We haven't checked our email, but there's. I have. There. I've been checking the email. Oh, damn it. I just assumed you hadn't. No, I've been checking it over the weekend because I are thought, them. oh, I should probably clear this out. Yeah. Uh, if you do like to email, though, you can get in touch. Hello at thedenalysis.com. And of course, as we always ask, could you rate us five stars on iTunes or Apple Podcasts? Because that would mean the world and that would get us out to more people. And we can move up the charts and we can be famous. I think we're like number 300 in the charts in Ghana or something. So that's Oh, cool. that's nice. I just want to I want to be number one in Ghana. God damn it. Right. Good luck just before Christmas, everybody with your FPL teams. Hope you do really well. Hope you qualified for the next round of the cup. If you did, let us know. Um, but yeah, we'll see you next week. Oh, and if you're if you're impressed with how many points I have on my bench, please also let me know because yeah, I just want to feel true. some kind of like gratification. Uh, so it'd be nice if you're if you're impressed with how terribly I panned that up. Thanks. Safe one. Peace. Bye.